0: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our sermon text is recorded in the sixth chapter of the Gospel of John, beginning at verse 1. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him, because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down, in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did said, this is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again to the mountain by himself alone. This is the word of God. Let us pray. Dear Jesus, we can let our eyes get so focused on our problems, we miss the big picture. We can let the fears worries and anxieties in this life darken our world, so it looks so dim. But you, Savior, are the light of the world. Our hope is in you. Help us to always depend on you, Lord Jesus, to meet our needs. Remind us that you know what our needs are, and you know just how to provide for those needs. You are mighty and compassionate. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Dear Fellow Redeemed, it's a condition that affects 1 in 12 men and 1 in 200 women. About 300 million people worldwide have this phenomenon that can be given genetically or developed by diabetes or from multiple sclerosis. And that's the condition of colorblindness, also known as color vision deficiency. For individuals that are colorblind, life is seen through black and white and gray, and they are not able to distinguish colors like red from green. Things look more dull, diluted, and lack any vivid, beautiful colors. I would suggest there is another condition called spiritual colorblindness. Because of sin, life can be so void of peace and joy that things turn gray. When fear, worry, and panic paint the picture of the world, life can start to look really dreary, dull, and deluded. That is how it was for a couple of Jesus' disciples in our sermon text. They faced a problem that looked so overwhelming that they missed the color that was right in front of them, and that was Jesus. And yet, the Lord used that problem to display not only Is he an all-powerful God? He is a God filled with compassion, who provides for both body and soul. A large crowd was following Jesus. They had seen him display his power, miraculously healing the sick. He retreats to a mountain with his disciples, and they were getting ready for the yearly Passover celebration. But the crowds kept coming to Jesus. A crowd so large it numbered 5,000 men not including women and children. This crowd was so insistent on following Jesus, they didn't have enough food with them and were starving. There was no place to go for food, and Jesus and his disciples now had a massive problem in front of them. Jesus already knew the answer, but he tests his disciple Philip by asking him, where shall we buy bread that these people may eat? If Philip had been on the ball, he could have responded, I don't know, but I know you know all things, Jesus. And I trust you know exactly what to do. But instead, Philip looks inward and zooms in on the problem. He says that not even 200 denarii, which was eight months of wages, would pay for enough food to feed the crowd. Philip gets so focused on the problem that he doesn't even bother finding a solution. He just stated that it was a problem impossible for them to fix. So he gives up. Then another disciple came, Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter. He found a father and son with not 500 loaves of bread and 200 fish, or even 50 loaves of bread and 20 big fish. No, they had just five loaves of barley bread and two small fish. The disciple Andrew tries to bring a solution, but asks, what are they among so many? Andrew's logic was, we can't even feed five with this. How could we feed 5,000 plus people? It's a drop in the bucket. Both of the disciples had their eyes on the problems, the financial problem, the food problem. Their eyes got lost in the hungry, anxious crowds. Their eyes got so fixed on the mess that the world faded. The problem became greater than the God they served. The disciples Philip and Andrew got so focused on the problem that they forgot they were in the presence of the Almighty Lord. The whole time the solution was standing in front of them. Do we look at our problems like Philip? When they look so enormous, do we even bother trying to find a solution? Maybe it's a financial burden or something hard at school, a relationship that had problems. It's far too easy to turn inward in those times and let our struggles color the picture, not even bringing it to God for help do we also look at our problems like Andrew? When problems look so big that the gifts we do have look so small, our focus can be so inward that we forget that God can use even the smallest, insignificant things for his glory. Like the disciples, though, we can forget to look to God in the days of toilet paper flying off the shelves, hand soap and sanitizer out of stock, And 24 7 news. It's easy for our world to look gray. It's easier to count our bills and count our blessings. But Jesus knows how to provide. There was never a question that stumped him. There was never a situation too enormous or too complex for Jesus. He always has and always will provide the best solution for even the greatest problems. It might have appeared like a small detail, but did you notice in verse 11 what Jesus did? He gave thanks. Even before Jesus would miraculously multiply the food, he pointed all the glory to God the Father as the source of every blessing. He then miraculously multiplied the food and the crowds ate. This text shows us that Jesus wasn't just a wonderful man or teacher. He is the Almighty God. This is what needs special emphasis, and his miracles demonstrate that beyond the shadow of a doubt. The crowds ate, and they were full. The crowd that numbered 5,000 men, not including women and children, so there could have been over 15,000 individuals present. The crowds recognized Jesus was not an ordinary man, but was the prophet that had been prophesied in the Old Testament. This text also displays Jesus' compassion towards people. Jesus didn't get frustrated by the crowd. Rather, he looked at them and had compassion. He was moved by their earthly needs. He couldn't let them go away hungry. Instead, Jesus used something as ordinary as bread and fish and displayed his extraordinary love. Jesus has a love so strong that he was willing to suffer and die for us. Jesus saw our world of the grays and darkness sin brought, and he went to suffer and pay for them all. He went to the cross overshadowed by darkness, but brought the brilliant display of light on Easter, and he did it all for you. Jesus was demonstrating his great love for us sinners, and that while we were sinners, he died for us. By Jesus' life and death, We have peace with God. As Jesus provided the crowd of thousands, a picnic free of charge, he also provides for you and me today. The same Jesus who fed the thousands is also our all-sufficient Savior, who loves us dearly and cares for all our needs, even physical needs. Think of your own refrigerator, home, electricity, devices connecting you to the entire world. We have blessings that allow us to live comfortably and be with friends and family. All of these are blessings from God. And God feeds our faith. He uses the ordinary to show His extraordinary love. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. He is our bread of life from heaven, who also provides us with daily bread. He gives us the Bible where his gospel declares, I forgive you all your sins. God speaks to us through pastors, teachers, and Christian friends to encourage us in our faith. He gives us communion, feeding us his very own body and blood under the lowly forms of bread and wine for the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. That day there was so much food left, the disciples filled 12 baskets full of leftovers. Nothing was wasted or lost, which reminds us that our lives are not wasted or lost to God. Our life is a gift. We have a God who treasures our lives. He sees the weary and heavy laden and broken hearted, and says, come unto me. He has taken care of our eternity, so he's more than capable of handling what we face in this life. There's no cure for colorblindness, but there is a correction for it. There was a story last year of a seventh grade boy from Minnesota named Jonathan Jones. Jonathan was born colorblind, but one day his principal, who is also colorblind, had a surprise for him. During one of Jonathan's classes, the principal had a special pair of glasses that allows someone colorblind to see color. Jonathan tried on those glasses in front of his family and classmates at school, and he was overwhelmed with laughter and tears of joy. From sin, we are spiritually colorblind, but through Christ, we have the lens of faith. We see Jesus, who is with us in every moment, bringing the color of the gospel to a dreary world. We see the compassionate God, who has taken care of our eternity is here with us, well equipped to care for our earthly needs. And as you focus your eyes on Jesus, on his cross, on his love for you, you won't see just the gray world. You'll see the color that Jesus' love gives you. Amen.